You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rocking that new new for the episode today. Moving forward, that's our new intro. I know I'm going to miss the sound bites and everything as well, but we got the new network intro and it sounds fantastic. So I absolutely love it. Shout out to Doug Branson for the new flavor here on the show. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome in to this Twitter Tuesday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, the Saints released newly signed linebacker Nigel Bradham in what felt like a surprise move on Monday. So let's talk about why they did it and what it means for the team. Then we've also got a couple of injury updates with another Saint headed to injury reserve and an update on one standout injury that took place on Monday's practice. Then we'll wrap up the show with your questions from Twitter for our Twitter Tuesday segment talking about rest days for Drew Brees, the first scrimmage being scheduled, and a look ahead to Sean Payton's play calling in 2020. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Just two weeks after signing a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints, veteran linebacker Nigel Bradham was released. We'll talk about why here for your New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. So this was a big surprise for a lot of Saints fans and for people around the organization that uh, the Saints had decided to move on from linebacker Nigel Bradham. Bradham coming in from the Philadelphia Eagles being a very solid coverage linebacker, lacking a little bit in the run game, but still having some Sam linebacker experience as well as Mike and Will. Fantastic at carrying tight ends up the seam, uh, vertically dropping back into deep middle of the field type coverage routes. He was a very good asset, it looked like, for the team. And looked like somebody that was going to be able to come in and really give a helping hand to a linebacker unit that has dealt with injuries over the past couple of seasons. Of course, Alex Anzalone dealing with injuries all throughout his career. Kiko Alonso in the midst of coming back off of a a, his third ACL injury of his career, still currently on the physically unable to perform list. Although he has been working off to the side during practices, so he has been working his way back, and you can sort of see that progress uh, start to unfold here a little bit early, but. The Saints ultimately deciding to move off from number 53 in the black and gold. Now, he came in and it looked like he was going to end up being one of the guys that was going to challenge, particularly for that Sam linebacker position. Whether Kiko Alonso was healthy or not, it felt very much like you had to consider Nigel Bradham, Kiko Alonso, and Zach Bond all in the running at that Sam linebacker position. Now, there's still no guarantee, although this could mean that Kiko Alonso looks like he could be coming back here soon. But more likely, according to Catherine Terrell over the Athletic, what it seems to signify is that the Saints feel really confidently about the youth that they have at the position. The young guy, Zach Vaughn, the rookie that was drafted this year in the third round, Saints traded up to bring him in from Wisconsin, an edge rusher, but they're moving him to that off linebacker position, off ball linebacker position, excuse me. And so far, he's performed very well there, particularly at the Sam linebacker role and then transitioning over to pass rushing responsibilities in the nickel role, something we've talked about here on the show for quite some time as being maybe the ideal fit for Bond. So he's somebody that has certainly been standing out for the team. Caden Ellis is somebody that's been standing out from a special team standpoint. He continues to be steady. I wouldn't say that we've heard that he's been phenomenal. I wouldn't say that we've heard that he's been bad. We've simply heard that he's been steady. And that type of reliability is certainly beneficial in a truncated offseason, much like this one. Then, of course, you have the other younger guys, guys that we haven't gotten the chance to see up until this year. Joe Bocci, who was brought in as an undrafted free agent here in 2020, but also another undrafted free agent that was brought in in 2019. 
that has been impressive so far in camp and has been getting a little bit of attention. That's Chase Hansen, the hybrid linebacker safety that was brought in as an undrafted free agent last year out of Utah. He's come in and so far you've seen him perform pretty well in coverage. I haven't gotten to see anything or hear anything about him so far when it comes to team drills, but certainly haven't heard anything bad about him or haven't heard any issues with him. And I've seen some pretty good reps from him in one-on-one so far. So we're hearing pretty positive things about all of these guys. And of course, Darren Rizzi, Coach Payton, as well as Michael Hodges, all talking about Joe Bocci and feeling really good about what he's bringing to the team so far as well. So it makes a lot of sense that when you have confidence in the younger core of your team, that you're not necessarily going to roll with the guy that just doesn't seem to have gotten into shape in time for this truncated training camp. Even in the times that Demario Davis has not been a part of practice, they've been giving him some rest every now and then. Craig Robertson's been standing in on his role, not Nigel Bradham, the guy that, again, is the linebacker that was brought in with the reputation of performing very well in coverage. That will linebacker role is exactly where you would expect him to step in with Demario Davis off the field. But even he couldn't get into the rotation when Demario Davis was gone. And instead, he fell behind Craig Robertson at that role. And Craig Robertson essentially is operating as a special teams captain for the most part. So this does shake up a little bit of the projected roster that we've talked about before in terms of what that linebacker position might look like. I think you're still pretty solid on your nickel linebackers being Demario Davis and Alex Anzalone. If Kiko Alonso is ready, I could see him potentially stepping in and continuing sort of where it was that it looked like he would fit in after AJ Klein left for Buffalo at that starting Sam position. But look out for Zach Bond, the young rookie who's impressed so far and obviously has impressed enough to allow the team to feel comfortable moving on from a veteran like Nigel Bradham, who again has played that position in the NFL and played it at a high level before. So with Bradham now off the roster, it feels like if Kiko Alonso is going to be healthy to start the season, which again, we don't know yet, but if he is, those top four linebacker spots are pretty much locked up. Demario Davis, Alex Anzalone, Zach Bond, and then if healthy, Kiko Alonso. Then that leaves potentially two spots left, presumably, for guys like Craig Robertson, Joe Bocci, and then you have the other youngsters in Caden Ellis, Chase Hansen, and Andrew Dowell, who all have an ability now to fight for one of those two spots. However, if only it could be that simple. You're New Orleans Saints fans. You know how sometimes the dice rolls and the cookie crumbles when it comes to New Orleans. So they've released Nigel Bradham. He's no longer on the team. But one Monday injury caused a little bit of concern at the very same linebacker position. We've got a little bit of an update on that, at least some sources, thanks to Brian Bienemy. And then we'll also talk about another Saints player that ended up going to injured reserve. It's that time, y'all. It's time to update some injuries, unfortunately. So we got that coming up for you next here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Now, while those young linebackers might have gotten a little bit of help with Nigel Bradham being released, they're still not going to have a roster spot served to them on a silver platter or delivered to their door. But If they'd like dinner from their favorite local restaurant delivered to their food, they could do that. And you can too with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now, right to your door. And ordering is easy. All you have to do is open up the DoorDash app, choose what it is that you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open up the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left right at your door. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees for the first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDON. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. 
Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, the best place to go when you need any part for any type of vehicle that you may have. Doesn't matter if you drive a Ford, Fiat, Ferrari, Dodge, or Daewoo, they've got you covered over at RockAuto.com. Go and check them out. They have an extensive selection that's easy to sort through and navigate to make sure that you find exactly what it is that you need without having to go out and go from store to store to see if they've got it. You can do it all from the comfort of your home and from your couch any time of the day, 24-7 at rockauto.com. They're a small family business and they've been taking care of customers online for 20 years. Check them out, rockauto.com. And don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. It's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Huda Nation, going to be wrapping up the show in the next segment with our Twitter Tuesday segment here on, of course, Twitter Tuesday. But before we get to that, got some injury updates for you. We talked in the last segment about the Saints releasing Nigel Bradham. Just didn't seem that he was really able to find his groove with the Saints. Ended up being, you know, a, a third team guy for the most part, not really getting any of those first team snaps. So the Saints ended up moving on from him because they're pleased with what they were seeing with the young linebackers in the uh, in the running here. And one of which, of course, on Monday during practice, ends up pulling up with an injury trying to chase down a scrambling Taysom Hill. And it's unfortunately third round draft pick Zach Bond, who has looked great. He's been getting a lot of first team snaps, particularly at the Sam position, while also getting some of those nickel snaps as a pass rusher. Now, according to Brian Bienemy, who has hit on just about everything so far this offseason, the work that he's been putting in is incredible. And so, again, we can continue to move forward with the assumption that this will, too, end up being correct, that Zach Bond uh, has a hamstring injury, but it's only a tweaked hamstring and doesn't seem to be anything too serious. Now, now the Saints are going to have a day off today on Tuesday, and uh, it wouldn't be surprised if it wouldn't surprise me rather if we ended up maybe not seeing him on Wednesday or or just finding some way to maybe give him a little bit more rest to make sure that he does that doesn't go from a tweak to a full on pull or injury. So it's good news that he pulled up and it was okay, but still not really the news that you want to get on a day when you just release a veteran linebacker who kind of already does very well what it is that you're hoping Zach Bond will be able to add to his game, which would be coverage as an off-ball linebacker. Now, Zach Bond's going to be great as somebody that is, you know, getting involved in the run game, that is, you know, filling gaps, that's plugging holes, that's coming after your your players in the backfield, that's making big stops in the open field, things like that. And of course, the, the separate things that he'll do as a pass rusher are already explained and detailed for us thanks to his production at Wisconsin. But particularly him as an off-ball linebacker, the thing that separates him from a guy like Nigel Bradham is that Nigel Bradham was never going to be a factor in the run game. He never has been. He will fill his run gap assignment and he'll play his role, but you don't often see him get involved in tackles. You don't often see him even, you know, dive into piles or get involved with trying to take down a ball carrier. Oftentimes you see him kind of avoid that contact. However, he played coverage very well. Zach Bond, you can see sort of at this moment being the opposite. He's learning to play coverage, better efficiency and production at this next NFL level, but he already is a very effective run defender and a very effective edge defender in that way. So lots of good things that we've seen from Zach Bond so far during camp and lots of good things expected from him going into this 2020 season. However, now a little bit of caution placed on him because you don't want to end up overworking him to a point to where you end up 
you know, with a pulled hamstring, which you have the potential to continuously re-injure over the course of a season or over the course of a career. So I expect the Saints to be very careful with this. We'll see. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I expect that they'll be very careful with this. If this is indeed minor and if uh, Brian is right, which again, I trust him, if this is indeed not that big of a deal for him at this moment, I still don't expect to see the Saints try to rush him back into action and then potentially turn it into a big deal, especially with the schedule working out the way that they have it worked out this week, which we'll talk about a little bit more in our next segment as we hit our Twitter Tuesday questions. Now, I wish that this segment was over, but unfortunately, there's another injury to talk about here. Uh, this one, not a big deal, but just one of those in, one of those situations where you feel for a guy. Johnson Batamosi has now been sent over to injured reserve. I don't know yet what the injury itself is, but this stinks for, for Johnson Batamosi, if we're being honest. He, he got a deal, signed with the Saints toward the end of last, or toward the middle of last season, let's say. And then they end up, he ends up on injured reserve for the rest of the season after playing a few games. And then he ends up getting back to the Saints here, uh, goes to the PUP list before he can start off the season. He had a mid-December foot injury that caused some issues there. He ends up getting back and then now goes back to season-ending IR. So the guy just unfortunately isn't getting the shot that you know you would expect that he would get an opportunity with with the Saints, especially being such a good special teams player. And the Saints do carve out roles for guys like that just because he's not one of those defensive backs that maybe is going to compete for you know, a boundary corner backup position or anything like that doesn't mean that he didn't have an opportunity with the Saints. He very much did because of the fact that he is somebody that can contribute on special teams. So he now joins Tino Ellis on injured reserve as a pair of defensive backs that are there. Tino Ellis, you remember, had a foot injury, had an injury as well earlier in camp that was keeping him out. The Saints signed Ethan Wolf. They ended up releasing Tino Ellis to make room for him or not necessarily make room for him, but they knew that that spot was going to be opening up. So they released Tino Ellis with an injury waiver, but he didn't get picked up on waivers. So therefore, he reverts back to the Saints injured reserve. So now Tino Ellis, as well as Johnson Batamosi are an injured reserve. You also have Kiko Alonso, who is on the physically unable to perform list still. And then you add in Noah Spence, who, of course, is on the non-football injury list because he got hurt getting ready for training camp. And those are your players outside of the two opt-outs that the Saints are now missing or, or are without. So not huge names, but just guys that all had a little bit of opportunity here going into 2020. And you hate to see it for them, of course, and you hate to see any injury. Now, the Saints may look to beef up a little bit of the numbers when it comes to the defensive backs now because of the fact that they've lost both Tino Ellis, who's against, whose spot was replaced by Ethan Wolf but then now have lost Johnson Batamosi and have moved on from Nigel Bradham. So that leaves two open roster spots for the Saints. And there are some linebackers out there that we'll talk about in the next segment. But, you know, the Saints may be looking to bring in a corner or two at some point as well because of the fact that they will now be without two corners and they're a little bit shorthanded at that position. They did just recently have two tryouts with two corners, one of which Christopher Frederick, who is an undrafted free agent out of Syracuse. He played 43 games at cornerback with Syracuse, 23 passes defended, which includes eight interceptions. Excuse me, he played 49 games and racked up those numbers. He also had three forced fumbles and two recovered fumbles as well. And then they also brought in Kemen Hall, who has had a little bit of time in the NFL. He came in as an undrafted free agent last year, spent some time in the Los Angeles Chargers practice squad, as well as the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. 
played in 28, I'm sorry, 25 straight games with uh, North Texas while he was in college. He had then 28 passes defended, six interceptions, and it also had a fumble in there as well. So maybe one of these guys ends up getting a phone call from New Orleans because they have some spots available at DB. But what about the Saints potentially looking at bringing in a linebacker? Is that something that they may be interested in? And if so, who are some names to look out for? We'll have that for you next when we get to our Twitter Tuesday segment coming up here in just a moment on Locked on Saints, your team every day. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or a stay-at-home parent or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. And luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. And CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support that you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off of your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL. For 25% off of your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. All right, Huda Nation, wrapping up today's episode with our Twitter Tuesday segment. We do this every Tuesday over on my Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. You can hit me up anytime. Let me know you have a Twitter Tuesday segment. Get your questions read and answered here on the show, as well as a little bit of a shout out as well. We'll go to our one of our staples here on Twitter Tuesday at Lil Dice 504 Got a couple of questions here. Ross, can you ask Breeze about the quarterback competitions on YouTube this year? Also, I've heard of other teams scrimmaging, but haven't heard of the Saints doing so. Do you know when the first scrimmage is scheduled? So for the first question, I don't think that they are allowed to do the quarterback competitions this year. Nothing that is short of requisite football activities is allowed to take place. It's one of the reasons why they got rid of the jersey swaps and everything like that. They're just trying to minimize contact outside of anything that is not necessary to the game of football. So those little sort of ancillary events and things like that, unfortunately, go by the wayside because of that. So we have not seen any quarterback competitions. I don't know if there's any plan for those to come through. Uh, I can try to get that question in at one of the next press conferences, but I don't know when we're scheduled to see Breeze next. But we'll see. We'll see. But I, I, I just think that at this point, they're probably simply not doing them uh, for this season. But regarding scrimmages, that is indeed happening. Coach Payton actually talked about it in his press conference today. The latter part of this week, Nick Underhill tweeted out earlier and mentioned Friday that uh, the Saints would be looking to do a scrimmage. They want to do some live drills and some live play at the practice facility, but it sounds like they also want to do a scrimmage at the Superdome as well. So they're going to go to the Superdome later on this week and then get back to the Superdome for a second time. I believe uh, Coach Payton said the following week, they want to get there twice before the season begins. And one of those things will be a scrimmage. So we should be getting a scrimmage at the end of this week, which everyone should be pretty excited about. But fingers crossed for health throughout all of that, of course. Uh, Brian Abel at Ogre Job asks, are you getting Madden 21? And if so, on what system? I already got it. Played it a little bit today because I got the the three-day early access and I have it on PS4. So uh, let me know. If you got PS4, I'll shoot you uh, my my PSN uh, account, and you can come and whoop me up 
in uh, Madden 21 anytime because I am trash, absolute trash at Madden. But hey, you know what? I do. I I, I enjoy grinding solos, so I have a good time with that. Um, next up, we got at Dewitt Ward underscore, who's in our one of my fantasy groups. Dewitt, thank you very much for coming through with the question here. Uh, do you see more creativity in Sean Payton's play calling this season? You know, I think that this is an interesting question. I think it's a good question. I think that Sean Payton's play calling has never not been creative, but we've certainly seen times where it has looked stagnant and maybe a little bit conservative. We certainly saw that, I felt like, in the Minnesota playoff game here recently, you know, at the end of last season, the wild card game, the wild card loss. I just felt like there were times where that, that play calling, what they were doing on offense just felt a little conservative. And I think that, you know, that, that came with the inability of the offensive line to hold any water, of course. But so, you know, they were severely limited by that. Don't get me wrong. But I think that that caused some issues to them. I think Coach Payton will be very crafty and will be very creative here in 2020. And I think that he has the pieces to do it, which I think is also different. Last year, he was operating with one wide receiver. This year, he's got two, potentially three. He talks about how important Traquan Smith was to the offense. We talked about that yesterday. I wrote about it on, um, on Canal Street Chronicles as well. But now you've got Emmanuel Sanders and you have potential to really utilize 12 personnel the way that you really want to use it because you would have two willing blockers as well as two very good pass catching tight ends as well in either Josh Cook and Adam Troutman or Jared Cook and Adam Troutman respectively. Then you potentially add in Ty Montgomery into this equation as well. A healthy Alvin Kamara, you know, a second year with Latavius Murray I think, and a very good offensive line. I think that Sean Payton's creativity will really expand in this season and you'll see the playbook open up a little bit more, especially on top of all of that. If Drew Brees' arm is indeed stronger, as has been suggested so far this offseason, I think that would be pretty big, particularly toward the latter part of the year, if they can preserve that toward that point in the season as well. So it's a very good question. We got another good question here from Franco underscore one underscore two. Robert's a good friend, so very glad to have a question here from you, buddy. Uh, he asks, do you think that the Saints will be testing the waters again to find another linebacker now that Bradham has been released? More depth never hurts, right? And of course, is there anybody available that's worth taking a look at? So I could see the Saints doing this, especially with the injury to Zach Bond, which again is rumored to be minor. So let's not, you know, I'm not trying to overinflate or anything like that. But, you know, if they want to give the guy a little bit more rest or maybe spell the guy a little bit more often, then maybe they do want to get somebody else to rotate in there. Because you remember Anthony Ciccolo kind of plays a similar position in that he's a linebacker, but also an edge rusher, but he's been out with an injury pretty much all of camp as well. So you don't really have that rotation going on. If you find a one, if you want to find, excuse me, another linebacker that kind of fits that vein, you have one out there already in Clay Matthews, who I think would be a fantastic mentor to a guy like Zach Bond. He took a pretty, he took a fairly cheap deal with the Rams last year. Hasn't really, has had some trouble staying healthy. I'm not looking at him as the kind of, kind of guy that would come in and take a roster spot. Don't get me wrong. But I would definitely see him as a guy that can come in and play a little bit of that Champ Bailey mentor and camp type role that I would not be mad to see at all. So he's one name. But if you want to replace, you know, the Nigel Bradham mold a little bit, you've actually got two options that are out there. Uh, the first of which is uh, Alec Ogletree, who is not the strongest linebacker. He's not a big run stopper, but he's a quick guy. He's a fast guy. He, you know, has some. He has a lot of experience in coverage. And so he would bring that same type of mentality. Again, I don't think he would challenge for a roster spot, but he would be somebody that fits that mold. Another one that's a little bit of that safety, 
linebacker mold that also actually used to play with Alec Ogletree, now that I think about it, is uh, Mark Barron, who's still out on the uh, free agency market at the moment as well, who, again, is more of a coverage linebacker than anything else. So if you wanted to replace the Nigel Bradham mold, you can go that direction. If you wanted to bring in a linebacker slash edge rusher, you have those options in free agency as well. But remember that in just about any case, certainly there are a couple of exceptions this year because of the weirdness of free agency. But in any case, any free agent that you bring in in August at this point, right before the season, very unlikely to make the roster. So you're looking for guys that can come in and sort of be leaders, sort of be mentors, and that can rotate in camp. And I think that those would be names that you can get in cheaply so that you could do that and then not put yourself in a bad situation when you decide to move on from them at the 53-man roster cutoff. And then finally, our last question to close out the show. It's actually over at Facebook, but this is somebody that I actually missed on Facebook Friday, so I want to get them in. Gary Dyson Davis, holla at you all the way over from the UK. Had a great question. Say the Saints have a healthy lead going into the fourth quarter. Could you see Drew getting rested? And then we see Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston get some time at quarterback. And the the simple answer to that is yes. Um, The more complicated answer, though, is who do you see? Who do the Saints actually put out there? I think they put out Taysom Hill. I really do think that the Saints are not interested at all in showing Jameis Winston to any other NFL team. I'm really, truly, 100% believing that. I think that even in that case, when they have a comfortable lead, there's nothing to worry about. This team's not, you know, this team doesn't have an opportunity to come back. You're up 14, you're up whatever, right? Multiple scores, three scores with two minutes left in the game. You put Taysom Hill in and then you just let him, you know, run the offense and do his thing. And it does, it achieves two things for you. You get a look at Taysom Hill, right? In that type of a game management situation. And then you get no chance at any other NFL team laying an eye on your, I believe, prized possession in Jameis Winston. That's the way that I think that it comes out. So yes, I think you would see Drew get sat in those situations, but who, but who goes in? I think that it's Taysom Hill. Other people may disagree, but I think the Saints really want to keep Jameis Winston as much of a secret as possible. Great question, and thank you for that one. All right, family, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. As always, I thank you very much for making me a part of your day. The Saints have off of practice on today, Tuesday. So for the Wednesday episode tomorrow, we're going to kind of recap the Monday practice, more than just the injury stuff. Let's talk a little bit about what went on in practice. And then, of course, we'll also update the Zach Bond injury as we get more information about that, as well as any other injuries and pieces of news and notes that we need to go over throughout the day. And then we're going to talk a little bit about a theme that I'm seeing in all of the player press conferences, culture, 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 prevailing once again in New Orleans. So that's what we're going to do on Wednesday before we come back to our Thursday and then our Facebook Friday segment as well on Friday. So I thank you very much as always, y'all, for coming through and for keeping it locked here on Locked on Saints. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust to That Nation. I'll holla at you.